Welcome to the Gasho and Tritis Blues. My name is Steve Littman, joined as always by Dan Volpone, Emily Cannell. I begin by asking you, Emily, what is your favorite sports movie? Mm, remember the Titans. Really? Yeah. Um, great. And Dan, what about you? Oh, let me think. I'm just not a movie you've guy. Seen, you've I've seen, seen precious movies. few movies. But... I've seen some sports movies. I mean, I might have to go Caddyshack. Oh, really? It's a great one. I love, uh, nobody asked. I love a Bull Durham. Uh-huh. Bull Durham, great romance in it. Great. Yeah. Uh, I've been to the Durham Bulls uh, baseball game before. Have you? I have. Um... Uh, Major League, obviously, great. Um, uh, he got game, great. Um, all good stuff. Uh, Loving basketball, great. Um, all good stuff. Uh, we're all happy to be here. Uh, you know, we're in the off season here, and the off season hasn't really started because the finals are still going on. Not a ton to talk about, but we're gonna really drain this for all we can. Um, few reports about some potential Sixers people. My dog is eating her feet um, and whining about it because it hurts. Um, but she's choosing to do it. Um, the uh, the uh, couple rumors. One came uh, a little bit after Quinn Snyder stepped down uh, last week from the Utah Jazz. Uh, Woj reported that uh, in the aftermath of Quinn Snyder's departure as Utah Jazz coach, all-star guard Donovan Mitchell is described as unsettled, unnerved, and wondering what it means for the franchise's future. Um, Apparently, they're very close, uh, Mitchell and Quinn Snyder. This feels like the report before the report that he's asking for a trade. Um, they seem pretty dead set on not trading him. I know that Dwayne Wade is part of their ownership group and is very close with Mitchell. Um, but Mitchell seems pretty disillusioned with what's going on over there. Uh, I've seen people saying online that like, you can't really start, you can't really do much of anything by just trading one of them and they should just trade both of them being like Mitchell and Gobert, but they seem pretty dead set on keeping Mitchell and trading Gobert that they have actually been taking calls and making calls about Gobert and they want to keep Mitchell, but Mitchell might force their hand here and just say, I actually want to get out of here. Um, So I ask you, what is your appetite for Donovan Mitchell on the open market? Obviously, there's no conversation to be had unless you put Maxi on the table. So that's the only question here is, is is Mitchell a guy that that gets you to answer the phone with Tyrese Maxi here? what do you think uh, in, in the way, just about maybe some overall thoughts about Donovan Mitchell and, and would you have this sort of conversation, Dan? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, he's, he's, the, he's the level of play. I mean, he's been also the last, what, three seasons? Um, and the Jazz have been, have they, this was a very bad year for them. And last year's playoffs were very bad but he's been asked to 
carry a lot of scoring load and um he's been like the best or second best player on you know a team that's been the one seed in the west within the last two seasons so he's absolutely the kind of player who i would be looking to to acquire i mean he's not you know an impressive defensive player by any means and the effort was really bad last year so you know you have the worry with him and Harden in the backcourt that you know defensively that could be pretty ugly but I think that's so good offensively that you especially if Harden is going to be healthy that's such a good backcourt offensively that you have to you know say all right if it looks like you know having to give Maxi and, and salary whether that's you know, giving to bias or getting off to bias to a third team in some way, you know, now you have an open three and four with Harden and Mitchell at the one and two, and you can get, you know, go after a, a, a PJ Tucker, go after, you know, someone who, you know, fits the mold of is going to play really hard, can defend, can like score a little bit. I mean, I realize that that is a difficult player to find, but the teams that are doing better than us keep finding them at the fringes. And Daryl in the past has found players like that at the fringes. So um, you know, they're going to have to, you know, whether that's a young guy and, and force Doc's hand to give him a shot, I don't know. But, yes, I, I think that you figure out, you know, defensively the three and the four, you still have Embiid back there. Get some, like, you know, long, rangy guys who can switch on to everyone and, you know, use that to your advantage. Because, you know, when Mitchell and Harden are healthy, hard, when Harden's healthy, when Mitchell and Harden are trying, they're not like Trey Young. They're not good, but they're not like horrible. And I, I just think if you're confident in Harden's health, then you have to try to go get Mitchell. It's not like we're talking about, you know, Maxi as being a good defender either. He's not. He tries, but he's not. And he's not like a particularly like smart defender, which is what this team really needs. Um, maybe will be one day, but he's young right now. So, um, and I, I just think that if you can, if you can do that, you have to do it because, you know, like, I think depth isn't, is important, but the Sixers already don't have it. Like they can't get less. So yeah, like give, give the guys you have to give. And if you really think, you know, Harden is going to be healthier next year and, and give you more then that's like a very legit big three. And you're putting yourself in a great position to win if you can, you know, figure out the other positions on the floor. Um, and at that point, you know what you need, right? Because you know, Shake will get some minutes off the bench, but like, you know, really you're looking at, you know, Harden and, and Mitchell getting like a ton of minutes and then a bunch of figure it out guys that are all like forwards. And so it's a long way of saying like, yeah, I mean, there's similar worries to Mitchell besides the age and injury stuff as you could have to Harden, but he's really, really good and has been really, really good for years. And I would, I would go after him. I don't know. I, I, I love Maxi. I, it would be, it would suck to give him up, but I don't think this team is in a position where they have the luxury of like being sentimental about their most valuable trade piece. And I'm not saying I'm looking to give him away. There's, you know, I mean, Mitchell might be on the lower end of players I would give him for. Like, I, I, I don't say that I would, I don't say that lightly, where it's like I would give Maxi, but I would probably give Maxi for Mitchell because I, 
I think Mitchell is really, really good. And I think that Maxi could be, you know, a guy who makes one or two all-star teams and still would not be as good as, as Mitchell is now at his peak. And it's, it's just not a knock on him, but like Mitchell is really, really, really good. Emily, what do you think? Okay, now I'm not needed. Um, I just wouldn't do it. I'm not giving Maxi up for anything except like something crazy. And Donovan Mitchell is not crazy. He lost to fucking Ben Simmons for rookie of the year. Like he's nothing. I don't really care. Um, he's good, fine. But like, I'm not giving Maxi up. I'm not giving 21 year old Maxi up for Donovan Mitchell. I'm just not doing it. Sorry. Mitchell's only 25. I don't care. <laughs> James Harden's so- only 32 and he can't keep his hamstring together. So. That seems like a different thing, but all right. <laughs> um, so Mitchell has done some losery things, certainly. Um, the trying to disqualify Ben Simmons by reporting him to the guidance counselor during their rookie year by saying he actually is not a rookie, uh, tacitly uh, admitting that he's better than me, sure, but he should not be a rookie if you read the fine print here very loser energy thing of him to do and run a whole campaign about look at this loophole I found he shouldn't even be allowed I sure he's better than me loser move um by him and uh was it Adidas whoever his uh it was Adidas his company was um and then of course our favorite thing for years has been when he he said in my opinion, we won that game after they lost that I game. I can't have that energy Tremendous. on my team. Just I cannot wonderful. do it. Um, you know, he's good. He sucks at defense, and he, he's little on that end. Um, so he's like, I think he's 6'3". Um, but he's certainly good. And, and one of the ways that people look at these trades is like, are we kind of hoping that Maxi becomes a player as good as Mitchell in some way? Like, are we kind of hoping that his high-end outcome is like a sort of annual all-star or fringe all-star guard? Um, and yeah, maybe. Um, but Maxi is cheap and, you know, uh, Mitchell is under control through, I just looked it up, 24-25, and then he has a player option after that. Um, he's, on his, he's on his max contract here. Like, I think you have a conversation here. Um, I get Dan's point where it's like, we're, we're trying to win a championship tomorrow, you know, like right now. And um, it's really just like, if you think that Maxi can be an all-star next year, how much better is Mitchell than Maxi next year? Um, because if you're really paying a premium and, and you're paying him so much more than you're paying Maxi next year, because what are you paying Maxi, like 8 million or something? probably less than that as the 21st pick um then why are you actually making that trade if you have maxi in-house if you believe that he's he could reasonably be an all-star um the fit like if you look at bradley beal who we're going to talk about bradley beal catches and shoots a ton whereas mitchell has the ball in his hands a lot so you have to figure some of that out now maxi is also a guy who probably more ideally has the ball in his hands a little bit more although his shooting numbers were excellent this year um so I guess I, I lean a little bit more towards not doing it if you have to do Maxi than doing it. But I, I'm not I, – I'd sort of rather not do the Bradley Beal thing just because he just had a shitty year shooting the ball and he's closer to 30 and, like, I just kind of don't believe in him as much. Um, but I would – I guess I would – I guess be 
given how young Mitchell is, I would think about it a little bit harder um, than some of the other guys. Um, but yeah, the Bradley, Be- <laughs> Bradley Beal thing is that he has leaked to the media um, that he wants to play for a winner, which he has done so much and he has absolutely never requested a trade. And I have every confidence that he's just about to sign for the Supermax in Washington. And maybe he'll, in a year or two, request a trade then. But he's going to sign, like, the biggest contract that a player has ever signed in Washington. And then Why I does Washington want that? I don't understand. I no clue. He's led them to nothing, and he's, like, no. made, like the 22nd best player in the league. Like, what is the if desire that, that. to – What is the desire to sign him for this super long? And, I no, I, I, I think that, you know, he's probably – I, I like a lot of what he brings, but like I don't I don't think that that you know I I don't think I'd put him at like twenty five. I think he's better than that. But I also probably wouldn't put him inside of like any higher than like eighteen either. So it's like you know it, it, he's just like old and like like great, but not like elite or like even close. And so it's it's very bizarre to me. And it's not like he's like, it's not like he's a guy, like the team used to be good. And there's like a lot of sentimental, like, oh, well, we won with this guy when he was young. Let's just keep him around. Like, there's, I don't understand. Like he they had the- that one run with him and wall, you know, where they played the Celtics and they did the funeral outfits. Um, and then they lost. Um, yeah. Like, but so I agree. Much there. I, well, I, I, I thought the same thing about Portland. Like, there's no ceiling here. Like, you need to, at some point, just admit when it's not going to happen anymore and move on. Obviously, uh, you know, Dame has brought them to greater heights. That There's more sentimentality, I think, swept up in Dame and the culture yeah, and, and all of that. He's 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 better. He's better, and the but they've gone to the better. conference finals more, you yeah. know, like all of that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, Beal, I just don't – I don't see it. I think there's no way he's he's – either walking or asking for a sign and trade or, or doing any of that. But um, yeah. So Emily, do you think that he's, do, do you see any hope here in him, him saying that he wants to play for a winner here? No, I mean, I think he's just going to stay in Washington. Maybe he's yeah. like trying to get them to bring someone in. Like he wants them to win, but I just think like they're going to offer him a zillion dollars. Like who's going to say no to a zillion dollars. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. There was uh, a report this week out of Denver that the Nuggets are uh, open to trading Will Barton and Monty Morris. Uh, Will Barton seems to have gotten the most sort of conversation out of Sixers fans, um, sort of as a six-man type or a Danny replacement. The money would work in like a sort of using Danny's $10 million contract and Matisse or 23 or um uh for con- you know there there are different permutations of how the Sixers could get this done i don't know if i'm i'm like missing the boat on this but like i don't really see it with will but i i don't i don't think he can really guard anyone and he seems a little iso heavy to me not that the Sixers can't use a guy like that but like i think we need something more of what danny is which is like straight up three and d catch and shoot Cantavius Caldwell Pope type of guy than what Will Barton is, which I don't think you can really rely on night tonight, which I think Denver has found out now, which is why they're trying to trade him. Like I wouldn't trade Matisse for him. Like who Matisse and Matisse, I'm like super low on 
at this point and um we'll talk about hustle but like uh like i i'm more than happy to trade matisse this summer and i'm i'm looking for trades for him but i just i think you can do better in a matisse trade than trading him for will barton who i just don't believe in really as like if you're penciling him in as your fifth starter wing guy like i, I want something different i guess as an archetype you know like emily do you have Will Barton thoughts or, or if you have anything on Monty Morris, I don't know. Um, I'm not like as down on Will Barton as you, like I would, I would trade Matisse for him just because what I honestly think this team needs is just more offense, like off. I wouldn't maybe have him as like an a six man. Like you said, like off the bench offense, like he scores like what he's averaged, like 14, some points a game this season. Like no one on our bench is, averaging that right now like just like some more points would be great um so that the starters don't have to carry the offensive load all the time um especially if Matisse isn't going to get like his I mean there's no way to know but get his mojo back on defense because the last time we saw him he was god awful so I mean based on our last viewing of him yeah I would trade him what happened, what he does over the summer or what he looks like at the beginning of the next, next season. Like, obviously I don't know, but based on historical data, I would definitely, I would trade Matisse, not as much Danny. I like, I like Danny green. I, but I mean, he's also old and coming off a terrible injury. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Has there been any update? Like it, we're not seeing him till like after the all-star break at the earliest. Oh, at least. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's like 38 and it's an ACL. So I think you're thinking like a calendar year kind of thing like yeah. i think you can not count on him really. i he's think it's 34. like his salary yeah he's not 38 but, he's <laughs> but i think he's 35. old enough he's old, he's enough. old enough yeah fair enough um, um but uh yeah i think that the, the Sixers' decision is basically to guarantee his contract to use it in a trade maybe a draft night trade mm-hmm. um or to waive him to get that mm-hmm. number off the books yeah. um yeah, Dan, where are you at on that? I'm probably a bit closer to Emily. Like, I, uh-huh. I, I, I agree with, with Emily um, in, you know, where she finds value with Barton. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't think that he's, like, he's not a guy where you look at, you know, this past season and say, well, if we, if we plug in Barton for Matisse, we're looking great, right? So, like, I, I think that it is, like, it can't be your move. Like it can't be like, I've I've seen this thrown around. It can't be like the, okay, like if we're gonna turn Danny's contract into you know something of an asset, and we're gonna give up our twenty third pick, and you know we've seen teams find value and and fill out their roster with with you know late first round picks, and I mean the Celtics have done it and we did it with Maxi, um, and 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 say you know we're giving Matisse to who like uh, some team probably values. I don't think I could do all that. I, I think it's, it's, it's too many chips when you already don't have a lot. And this is just something that can't be your move, but I mean, yeah, I think I would probably give Matisse. I don't think Matisse's value is particularly high. And I, I don't think his value on the court to the Sixers is very high at all. And so like, when I say like some team probably values him, like that's kind of saying like yeah maybe like the Nuggets would value him with Yellow mm. Barton. Like I really don't think any team out there is like dying to give Matisse like fifteen million a year when his contract's up. Right. I don't think that 
I don't think that he's looked at that way around the league. And I, I mean, all that matters is that there's, you know, one GM who looks at him that way around the league. And I don't think there is like, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's something you could even talk yourself into at this point. I mean, he was a four-year college player, so he's not even that young. He hasn't really gotten better at all. Um, and he's, his defense is like exploitable at, you know, in the playoffs when, you know, watching him just purposely get behind guys and have them know exactly what he wants to do when, when he's behind them, like he can't be our number one defender. Um, we need someone bigger. Like I think he's just like, he's, he's the kind of guy you can give up assuming that there's like, you know, and there has to be like a lot of change going on. And if there's a lot of change going on and, and this is not the move, I'd be happy to have Mark. All right. Um, there's a new movie out, um, which doesn't feature me, which we've talked about. And I'm not going to go into it. But Dan didn't see it. Dan swore off films for Lent. I only but, watch Steve's movies. Exactly. Super bad. That's it. Which you have a lot of free time because there aren't many. But uh, it's an Adam Sandler movie where, wherein he plays a scout um, who discovers a uh, hidden gem prospect played by Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, uh, Sandler works for the Sixers. Um, and uh, there's tons of Sixers content. It was shot largely in Philadelphia. Uh, a handful of Sixers were in it. Um, Emily, you've seen this? I have. I watched it the day it came out. All right. So we've got to talk about it. I want to know your overall thoughts on it and some of your favorite sort of Sixers takeaways from it and uh, give me, you know, some overall thoughts. Um, I really enjoyed it. I don't yeah. know if it's because I'm a sucker for things that pander to my general interests, the Sixers being one of them, but even though they kind of made the Sixers look like dickheads most of the time, um, I, yeah, I was like, this cloth. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fun that they shot most of it in Philadelphia. I had three like large nitpicks with it of their Philadelphia-ness, but other than that, I thought it was good. There was a lot of good, like, I need to hear these, by the way. Mm -hmm. What? My no, nitpicks? You can't just say, I need to hear oh. your three. Okay. The one was when they mentioned that they were going to consider putting Embiid into a trade because that just would never, absolutely never happen. Um, the it did other, make the owners look bad, which I appreciate. And the, But I don't by think way, that was the point. I think they just wanted to name drop Embiid. And I was like, well, that's just not going to happen. Fair. Um, the other one was when Adam Sandler's character got out of his car at the Wells Fargo Center and then walked into the Wells Fargo Center and was in the training complex in Camden right away. Like that's Ooh. where the Sixers offices mm -hmm. were. Um, mm -hmm. That's not where they are at all. And then my other one was when the, the owner that spoiler alert dies early in the movie uh, said when Temple played St. Joe and I was like, no one would say St. Joe. It's St. Joe's. <laughs> Um, and I just thought that someone from Philly, like the director is the guy who did all the South street, uh, murals, like the magic gardens, all those murals, that's his kid. Um, and I thought that someone from Philly would have caught that, that no one in, would say St. Joe, but no one did. So the, um, Ben Foster in the movie plays, uh, that's who you could have played, Steve. You could have been Ben Foster's character. You think I could have been that guy? Well, you play assholes well. So yes, I play assholes well, but he's out of my age range. And, um, 
you know, Steve is the most hateable character in every movie. Then. Yeah. <laughs> so, but of course, I can't stop thinking about me when I'm watching the movie. And <laughs> the um, when they're sitting at the table, there's a table uh, in the beginning of the movie when Robert Duvall's still alive. And um, is that who that was? That's hilarious. Yeah, who said Saint Joe? Yeah. And uh, they're talking about drafting Haas, who Mo Wagner plays this <laughs> prospect who the, the Sixers end up drafting who's a piece of shit they hate him the whole the whole thing about mo wagner's character is that he sucks and everybody hates him so i don't know why he did the movie um but, um, but uh ben foster is saying i love him i love him and sandler's like he sucks he's we shouldn't do this but there are people around the table including billy king who's a part of the front office uh and urkel is there and there's also a youngish white guy who's there and i go there we go that was I you. could be him. And he throws in like one line and he looks maybe Jewish. Thank you. There we go. Missed out. Missed out. Um, so what else is there? Um, I, I love Sandler. I always love Sandler and 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 just just a very solid Sandler performance. Uh, Federal Donuts shirt. Um, Pats I could do without, you know, just like sort of a yeah. A really good Ish Kabibbles reference. That there was, was an Ish Kabibbles reference that I pre- which I appreciate. Um, so then we have Tobias plays Wancho one on one. Should say need Wancho on the Sixers. I mean, he was great in the movie. He was like he very believable and charming and makes a ton of shots. Seems great. So I, I you know, I, I would really I would, fast can run up a yeah. hill like nobody's business. He's playing basketball in construction booths. Um, no, I would sign him tomorrow. He he seemed great. Um, oh, and there's Brian Colangelo vibes big time with Ben Foster's character. Big collars and a, a wormy sort of loser um, who makes bad decisions. Um, what? Oh, so Maxie's in it. Um, Seth Curry's in it, who was on the team at the time. Doc Rivers is in it. And they wear they wear suits to the game, which they never do. So I don't know why they had them dressed in suits. At this, Dave uh, Dave Yeager's in it. Doctor J is in it. He is great. Oh, Kenny Smith plays an agent. Oh yeah, he was good. Leon, Leon, um, Anthony Edwards knocks it out of the park. Absolutely wonderful. Um, That's not surprising. Great. I feel like he's good. No, he's incredibly charming so charming and he's like a villain in it but you just love him because he says everything with smirk and um and do you guys follow his dog on twitter i do not oh he tweets as his dog about himself anthony edwards <laughs> jr his dog's name is anthony edwards jr that's so funny so funny um oh speaking of dogs that have uh, social media uh paul reed's dog has social media and and mazel tov to paul reed who graduated from DePaul. Um, congrats. Friend of the podcast, Paul Reed. Friend of the pod, Paul Reed. Um, do we have anything else before we move off the hustle? Uh, recommend it, watch it. It's got, you know, it's got what you need. Oh, but speaking of, well, just quick, speaking of our Matisse, like being low on Matisse, there's this like very pivotal, like Ben Foster, real dickhead scene. And Matisse is on Ben Foster's side. And it's kind of just like, like uh badgering uh adam sandler's character i was like this is not a good look my guy well they're going to dinner right is that what yeah you're that one, they're going yeah. to dinner and 
And Matisse leaves like a snide comment. It's like, I guess he's not coming to dinner now. It's like, hey, yeah. asshole. Kyle Lowry is there. And yeah. A lot of really fun cameos in the movie. It's just like fun to watch it and be like, why is Chris Middleton in the stands? Like, what's happening here? The weirdest cameo of the movie <laughs> is that they really hype up the NBA draft combine, which in real life nobody cares about. But Chris Middleton is in the stands at like the draft scouting. combine. And I thought he was like going to play a scout like and then they call him Chris and I was like guess he's playing himself. Chris Middleton goes wow he's really fast. It's like okay thanks Chris you're good you're you're wrapped for the day. It's like okay cool. (laughs) What a weird. But I recommend it. I think it's fun. It is fun. Um, And uh, maybe they'll call me for the sequel. All right uh, we're gonna go to a break. When we come back talk about the (laughs) Al Horford family. (laughs) and uh, the finals and uh, all that stuff. Here's a break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're back. Al Horford's family did some sort of roundtable horseshit. I don't know why, but um, Al is having like a fine series and they're like, let's interview all of his family to talk about how wonderful Al is. Who, who has to live in the same city as him. Yes, and, and they just, they're a traveling circus and, and, and the uh, sister Anna has a horrible Twitter account where, where she actually has a, has a deal where she must tweet every 30 minutes. Um, so they're just, they're interviewing them about what life is like, I guess. And, and what, what it's been like. So uh, this is what Maria said. Maria is, who knows? Um, She said, we stayed Celtics fans when he was in Philly and when he was in OKC, we couldn't let go. They showed us so much love, they being Boston. And that wasn't something we were ready to let go of. So we just never did. And we're back. Anna said, Philly fans hated us there. They hated us for it. Uh, Josh, his brother, we continue to root for Boston because they're not dickheads. Okay. Um, Where else do we have something? Well, there was the whole thing about how Al was homesick that year. I was homesick. Yes. Uh, I believe, yeah, Anna said... um, Oh, uh, we fully manifested his return to Boston. We all wanted it so badly. Um, he was always homesick for Boston when he was in Philly. And, you know, nobody I, made him sign Philadelphia. Can I also say something? Al Horford is not from Boston and only played three seasons in Boston. So I'm not sure how that's home anyway. I don't know. But it's it's just uh, tremendous. And then, and then it, I don't, I don't know. Listen. he was not good here and 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 she was openly good while he was homesick that's true she was openly on twitter at the time saying that the that they're still rooting for the celtics fan the celtics so 
it was just weird vibes the whole time. It was sort of doomed from the start. It was such a weird signing when we already had so many bigs. And um, But I, I certainly don't think they did themselves any favors. Al seemed miserable. Joel hated it the whole time. It was pretty clear. Um, but I, I don't feel like we mistreated, like we the fans or we the Sixers mistreated Al. They paid him way above market value to like have him here for a shitty year and then ship him off. So... I don't know. Emily, do you have any thoughts on this? No, I just think they're kind of like delusional. And um, I just, they can, I don't get it. I don't get why a 36 year old man needs to live in the same city as all siblings. I think that's kind of weird. Um, What do they do? Sure is. I think it's really weird that Anna is verified on Twitter. Like for what? um the real animal <laughs> like, just like all for of being those the people that... of the least exciting nba all-star ever less exciting than rudy gobert so oh um they can just you know i'm i'm glad they're involved the real Teresa Pachulia. it's like who, <laughs> who cares <laughs> it's it's a they're just like whatever like i'm not gonna get mad about it because it was like long gone over them but like what a what a bizarre situation they have where it's like they just have to be in the same place they have he first of all he says nothing all the time and they're constantly saying something like kind of to his detriment while he was here whereas like they didn't do a good job of like endearing him to the fans here to make yeah. his life easier like it, it was just the whole thing was so bizarre no, but i think he's liked some sassy tweets yeah he has yeah so i think he's way more of an asshole than he publicly says like but he at least i I just think that he has this public persona for when he's gonna run for senate someday but i I, he definitely is a fucking asshole for sure yeah did you guys see how like nbc 10 just sent out like this petty ass tweet i was like did someone think they were tweeting from their personal account but it's still up so they are just riding with it it's so funny hurricane schwartz is just like you know what fuck these people it's Glenn Hurricane I'm retiring now. Like, it's fine. I've had enough. I have ha- I've had enough to hear with these Horford twins. I, I don't care. Oh, <laughs> People wow. are like, you know what, Glenn? Go off, King. I don't care. Sorry we so, couldn't yeah. root for your brother while he averaged 12 points per game, put up the worst field goal percentage of his career, and cost the team $28 million, all while clapping like a maniac. He did <laughs> clap a lot. Oh, no NBC 10 Philadelphia. Every missed layup, and there were a lot. He would clap. It was crazy. Great. But it's, it's honestly annoying to, like, watch him do, like, kind of all he needed to do here. Like, if he were playing like this, he would have been fine with Embiid. Like, yes, but Boston having doesn't have six or eight from three games. You know? No, sure, sure. Yeah. But, no, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, but yeah. They were their own problem, too. Totally. But, like, Horford didn't help. Horford, no. Horford it has wasn't been, good. But, but regardless of, of the play, like, Horford's time here, he was like creeping in from the three point line, like not ready to catch and shoot for threes. He totally. he was not like doing a good job defending opposing fours no. um, in a way that he has this year. Um, and at the time, it was like it wasn't just like he's done because he was old. It was like he had like the, the arthritis in his knee or something, and it was like okay, like maybe he's hurt, like maybe this is it. But to see him find this extra gear now that he's like, like, I don't know, like, it, it's just, it's all a bit silly to me that a, a 
33-year-old is homesick from a city he only lived in for three years and is not from. It's just a little bit silly, I think. I, I don't know. He tanked it. He, he, got, he, he did. took the contract, and he was like, I'm, I'm going to find a way back. Well, Awful. it worked. You... All right. Uh, finals. The uh, great game the other night, Golden State. Steph Curry is unbelievable. They have uh, tied up the series 2-2. Uh, would love to see the Warriors go ahead and win this series and send all the Horfords home packing. Um, it was great. You know, we can talk about that. Uh, I also want to talk about, uh, Drew put it in the doc here. I, I had forgotten about it, but Draymond Green, who has been struggling this series, but um, is absolutely dead set on podcasting, whether you like it or not, which is just... I, I don't listen. He can do whatever he wants, but I, I guess I just think the clips of him being like, "You're gonna get this podcast." It's like it's a podcast. Like, take it easy. Like, I, I, sure, just just do the podcast. You don't have to like tell me how hard you're gonna podcast all the time. It's like this isn't cool. Like, I, I missed four weeks because the Sixers made me mad this year. Like, I don't know. I don't feel that, like I don't feel the need to like shove this down anyone's throat. Like, if I have nothing to give, like I'm like I'm good. Like you guys got it. I think all the new media stuff is awesome, and like all of that stuff is great, and and a and a boon for all of us. But like, I don't. know. It is a little strange when he like goes out there and lays an egg, and then the next thing you see is him being like, um, "Blue Chew." You know, like <laughs> I don't like. It is just a little bit funny. Um, it's it's unprecedented to have like a extremely high profile player to be in the midst of a hotly contested NBA finals to go ahead and, and provide that kind of insight right after each game. It's very, it's like a sort of a social experiment, but um, yeah, I just think how he's bombastic about everything, but to also be bombastic about like, you're going to get these MP3 files uploaded to our servicing platform and they're gonna edit it together with all of our ads and it's such so, a yeah. funny phrasing because like anyone who doesn't want to listen will just not listen yeah and he goes you're gonna listen or you're not gonna listen and um yeah i don't know what do you think of the finals right now dan and um you know three games out best of three right now golden state gets two of them at home um you know do you get the impression that boston is the better team but that, because um, you know, because I don't know how often Clay seems a little bit up and down. Draymond's been not very good, but Steph is certainly the best player in the series. I think. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I I don't think I don't think that Boston is like clearly the better team. Yeah, I'll be happy saying whoever. I don't care if it's seven and goes down to the last shot. I'll be perfectly happy to say whoever wins this series is the best team, but. I don't think it's like like Boston went to seven in Miami, and yeah, yeah, right. and 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 really like blew a lead at the end and only won by what four, and well, and what did it take them to beat the Bucks without Middleton too? Sure, it took them but through all of, but through, through all of that, I watched it and was like, this is a team who sh- should be the better team, should yeah, be. Yeah. But I mean, it's for for years. It's I mean and and. I don't mean this in like a trash talking way because they've had way more playoff success than we have, but for years, this has been the kind of team who will look like the better team and just have like an unbelievably bad quarter, which is funny because that was really the Warriors in game one, but like, that's just kind of who they've been. It's who they've been throughout these playoffs where like 
they blew that um, like late, late lead in game five, just imploded at the end of game five against the Bucks. Like had some awful quarter, quarters against the, the Heat where they gave up like 20 point runs and, you know, games where they were turning the ball over in the 20s. Like, so like they were probably more talented, but at a certain point, like that's part of who you are as a team too, that you yeah. just do this, that you like keep these teams in it. And I don't think like, okay, they took the Heat to seven. And like late in game seven and, or the, I should say the heat took them to seven. The Warriors are a lot, lot better than the heat. And I think it's going to be, you know, it already is a close series. I, I would imagine it goes seven. I don't think either team like rips off the next two. Um, but I don't think that there was really like, it was always like, okay, like the, if the if Boston loses, I'll be really surprised, even though this series is still close in that heat series. And the only reason I didn't feel that way in the Bucs series is just because, like, I'm not going to count out Giannis. Mm-hmm. But this series doesn't feel that way. I, I, I don't think that they're definitely better. I, I, I could make a real case for the Warriors just being a better team, like, regardless of all that other stuff. And so um, I'm excited. I think it's, like, you know, it's been – not all the games have been good, but it's been a close series. And – you know, hopefully the, you know, the next three are, are obviously, you know, the most important games you can play as an NBA player. And I'm hoping they will be close games because I think the teams are pretty close. Emily, your thoughts on the finals and uh, where do they go from here and on Draymond, uh, you know, giving us that podcast, whether, whether we like it or not. Um, in regards to Draymond, I think it's kind of crazy that he does them right away, but also I like it because that's, when like the biggest chance of like something weird is going to happen great content yeah. and so i'm really pro weird and so i would like it to keep coming in regards to the finals i generally fall asleep before the end of the game because they are late <laughs> and i am old <laughs> but i would still bet on the warriors um i just think they're a better team i think they're more consistent and i also want them to win more do you guys think at some point these Sixers will be in the finals while we're still doing this podcast? Will we have had a falling out between us? I don't think we're going to have a falling out. I, I just don't know if they're ever going to make it. The podcast doesn't end with a falling out. No? I don't know. You want Drew us to have a falling out? Drew, <laughs> Drew, I think Drew might drive a wedge between Steve, us. Steve, what do I have to say to you to make you mad? You're, you're not that easy to set off. Not easy to set off. Well, I don't know. I, I, mm. I mean, if you don't watch one of Steve's movies, that's your done. Oh, I yeah. watch Steve's. That's movies. why. Come that's on. why they're so widely watched. Is Steve, that's how I stay so even keel. Steve is in eighty percent of the movies I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just those those ones in Caddyshack. That's that's what I missed out. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it really the things that get me angry is when my dog starts eating her feet. That's what gets me really wild up. How's Luna doing? I heard some barking. She's good. She's right here. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm in Philly right now, and um, I have. Thanks for gonna, telling us. Were you gonna let us know? No. Clearly, um, this is how it I, ends. I say this is how it ends. Um, I say because Gab is in uh, Africa. Whoa, right now that's for two cool. Weeks. Yeah. So and, you're just uh, in Philly for two weeks. No, not for two weeks, but for for a little bit here, about a Can week. Can we get dinner? Yeah, that'll be nice. When are you guys around? 
Let's oh. do this on air. Oh, right. If anyone wants to meet us, everyone we'll else be can at come <laughs> What if all of our listeners just showed up? Let, it, let us know in the Happy DMs oh. if you'd like to join for dinner so we know a bigger yeah. reservation to make. <laughs> and um, and uh, my parents' dog is here too. And they are like magnetically attached. They will not stop attacking each other with love. Um, and it stresses me out because they, they're gnawing at each other. It's too much. That's how they play. Right. I'm probably going to be so tired. Rainy's going to be so tired when you take her home. I know. It's all right. Great. Good stuff. We covered it all. Um, Next week, we got to do a draft thing because uh, they're going to have a draft night. They're going to do something. So um, let us know in the comments on YouTube. Um, Drew can pipe something in where, where they go, where, where there's like a graphic. And then you go, bing, bing, bing. And there's something right here. Um, and uh, let us know in the comments who you'd like to like us to talk to within reason. Um, and, we'll, and we'll talk to them about the draft <sighs> guess we should start pod. doing that we should we should start having people tell us what guests they want because i, I feel like a lot of people are manageable like don't say joel indeed but like yeah. we can get some we can get someone interesting we've had oh, yeah. a lot of interesting guests we have mm-hmm. all right gastro blues pod third and girl um dapl's 13 steve j lipman the gastro blues pod Sixers podcast. Be safe and be great. Love you all.